Hello, I'm Brother Luke Rowicki. And I'm Brother Andrew Tori. From the car, on the road. Driving home from the dentist. So that's not an experience that most of us like to go through is going to the dentist, right, Brother Andrew? Indeed not, especially when it means me going to the dentist. But since we're brothers... That's right. I figured, you know what, I can at least pick him up from the dentist. Pick him up from the dentist. And ask him how it went, and he said it went pretty well. Since we're going on vacation tomorrow, he wanted to get things checked Exactly, because yesterday at lunch, I bit down on a piece of meat, and my back, one of my back molars was just really sensitive, so I told myself, I have to get this checked ASAP before before the couple weeks in Termini, so so we're going to have a little, we're going to smooth it out um, when I get back from Termini, so it should be okay. And uh, basically... We're feeling pretty free right now because we've just finished our... Well, I finished my second year of theology. And I finished my second year of license, master's in philosophy. And last year, second and ultimate. That's last, right. Last year, five years of philosophy altogether. So, but Andrew, what was... The, wow, before Brother Luke, okay, the biggest, no, biggest event. What just happened a few days ago? I'm extremely excited. Last last time we recorded a podcast, I was temporarily temporarily professed with the Legionaries of Christ. Because we do it by three-year chunks, well, more or less. But on Saturday, June 27th, this past Saturday, I made my final perpetual profession, which means that I'm a now right. legionnaire of Christ for life. For life. Ad vitam. Ad vitam, yep. So I, I said I, will, I promised and vowed to live poverty, chastity, and obedience for all of my days. All of my days. That's so, amazing, Brother Luke. Wow. And it, was, it was a very powerful experience. I did it with 10 other brothers, myself, there were 11, from different parts of the world. Uh, we just finished our exams. We had a ret- uh, day of retreat yep. to help us get ready. And uh, that's right. And Father Hugh, who was on our podcast a few months ago, he he preached it, right? Yes. The retreat. Yes. Fa- the Family Matters episode. If you haven't heard it yet, that's check right. it out. Um, where Father Hugh and we talk about the beauty of the family and marriage. And, yeah, that was a good um, episode. And then yes, yeah, so maybe this episode we can sort of focus on the beauty of religious life. Yes, it seems apropos. Apropos. Indeed. Brother Andrew will be making his perpetual profession when August twentieth. August twentieth. Yeah, I got. I have butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> it's, well, it was, it was a very powerful experience. I actually yeah. did not expect the experience I had during the actual mass because I, I was obviously we think a lot about it. This big moment. Right. But then during the mass is when it finally hit me. That was. It was a really way. beautiful mass. It was very. It was very beautiful. And the, the homily. Father, his name, Father Ernan, he's sort of like the number two priest in the Legion. He's called what's called a vicar general. So he's, he's kind of like takes the spot of Father John, who's our general director, in case Father John um, can't. Like right now he's stuck in the U.S. Right, exactly. So he couldn't be here at the Mass yeah. to receive our professions because we say to you, um, Most you know, Reverend Superior Father. Father yeah. yeah, exactly, because the Superior has to accept us into the religious family. So that's what Father Anan did with Brother Luke and the ten other brothers, and it was a it was a it was a really energetic homily, really enthusiastic. What was your favorite part of the homily? I loved how he mentioned he talked about the first reading. I can't remember exactly what what book the first reading was was from. I think it was uh, Song of Songs, right? Yes, exactly. It was from the Song of Songs, exactly. And it was about how love is a just a a, a really intense, almost cruel type of of force that we have that just pushes you beyond every obstacle and it just makes you go out and do the craziest, wildest things. 
and and he was saying how we always have to ha- live this love at the at the at the very root of who we are as consecrated. Um, only only that can make you give your life to God forever. Yeah, uh, what what hit me? It's in that's how the Holy Spirit works. And um, we all hear the same homily, but then there's certain things that stick out for different yeah. people, right? What hit me was when he talked about how uh, many of us might feel as we approach this. It's the moment that I've, we've been legionaries with Angel and I both for 11 years. And so now we're getting to the moment where we say, I want to be a legionary for the rest of my life. So it's after 11 years of prayer, discernment, yeah. experiencing the life of, as a religious and a future priest. And he said, many of you get to this point and you might, you might experience unworthiness. And that's exactly what I felt during the Mass. Yeah. So when he said that, I feel like the rest of the homily, I was just thinking about that experience and how... Yeah. On the one side, on the one hand, I feel unworthy, and I am, and all of us are. Yeah. And on the other hand, it reminds me that it's a gift. Like, I haven't done anything to earn the vocation. None of us... Oh, we got some uh, music oh. music in the background. Ambulance the coming through. Typical Italian So for, for those sound. who can't travel to Europe these days because of coronavirus, you're getting a little, little taste t- of uh, right. the sounds, the smells, and the bells. <laughs> but, uh, so... Yeah, basically, the unworthiness, unworthiness leads us to, to accept this vocation as a gift, which is a beautiful thing. That's right. Just like Christ died on the cross for us and we're not worthy. A uh, similar way, we I mean, none of us are worthy of the gift that is our life and our vocation that all of us have. And so that's what was kind of overwhelming me during this ceremony and it made the whole mass just extremely beautiful experience. And it's so, it must be so, such a beautiful thing to feel you're, that you're unworthy because because then that makes you, de- that makes you depend on someone else it makes you it makes you realize hey it's not about me it's it's not like you know i was chosen because of all my great qualities it's like it's really about god working through me to touch other people and he is the one who, who does it we have to we have to give our own part we have to like you did like you know and the other brothers um and that's 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 an amazing generosity but it really is it really is God who works through us. Yeah. And if we don't realize, if we don't, we, I think we have to, to go through that experience of realizing that we are unworthy. We are weak because if we don't go through that experience, then we could really, we could put our religious life or vocation on, on sort of shifty ground. You well, know? So we, we just celebrated yes, uh, recently the feast of St. Peter and Paul. Ah, uh, yes. Right? Which the, was also what? Okay, I've really only brought it up to talk about... <laughs> no, you didn't. The other important day, which is my birthday. Oh, yes, we knew it. We, Brother Luke just wanted to talk about his birthday. So I'm getting old. I'm 31 now, but it's great right. for me. Good. No, but what I really wanted to say, besides it's my, it was my birthday recently, <laughs> is that Peter's vocation started with Christ calling him, and Peter immediately getting down on his knees and saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. In other words, I'm unworthy. Jesus, I can't follow you because I'm, I'm unworthy. And Jesus... In his unworthiness, looks at him in the eyes and says, I'll make you fisher of men. And I think that, like you were saying, it's the solid foundation for our vocation is yeah. our unworthiness. That's right. It's really beautiful. When you, when you leave St. Peter's Basilica, you, in, in the, sort of like the vestibule area, right right before you, you walk inside the basilica, um, as, you, as you're leaving, you, 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 if you look up to the ceiling, you can see this sort of golden... Um, the so apps it's, sort of an arch. It, it's sort of like yeah, it's like a. It's inside. It's on the ceiling. It's not a. It's not a fresco. It's not mosaic. a mosaic. Is it a mosaic? It's a mosaic, yeah. And it's so, so it's this mosaic of Saint Peter, and the scene where he's walking on water, but then he starts to sink, and he and he and he, and he you know gives his hand to Jesus and says, you know, Lord, save me, save me. And it's it's cool to think how 
after you see this magnificent basilica dedicated to this to this weak and impetuous uh, fisherman from Galilee, this mighty basilica, and then you're leaving it, and you and you see Saint Peter still struggling, you know, and it, for me it's a sign of hope because, you know, if the, the fact that Jesus chose somebody like Saint Peter. Who had a lot of qualities, but he also had a lot of a lot of difficulties. Yeah, he was a he was a regular guy. We see him messing yeah. up. He he makes this great confession of faith. Jesus commends him the church, and then very soon after he is, yeah. gets called Satan by Jesus because he's falling back into thinking as a man and not as right. according to what God's God's inspiration. And that's our life too. Is kind of like a roller coaster. We have moments of yeah. generosity, and we have moments where we, you know, we. Um, I don't know, we exploded someone out of anger yeah, we fail. or we fall into jealousy or envy. And, right, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, but yeah, so without, without God, we can't fulfill our vocations, but um, with him, we can do anything. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of our existence is that everything is a gift. St. Teresa of Lisieux was big on that. And then that's why she's my uh, patron pray? saint. Really? I pray to her every night as well. Before I go to bed, I... I so an interesting, so when we make our profession of vows... Each brother has the right, well, I don't know if it's a right or not, to select, uh, there's a litany of the saints sung. So we, we invoke the saints by name, and then we say, pray for us. Pray right, for you us. may have probably heard of it, like, it goes um, in Latin. Fast forward. Exactly. Sancta Maria Mater Dei. Et cetera, et cetera. And so, you, Brother Luke, did you... So, we each selected different saints, and so... To give credit to my Saint Teresa of Lisieux, I thought she was going to be already a part of the Lineage of Saints because there's already uh, by default certain names. Right. So I selected another Saint Teresa, Teresa Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, great. Because I'm also I've read her um, spiritual book, Come, Come Be My Light. Come Be My Light. That's a great book, and it's incredible. You just get a snapshot of her into your life and her struggles, but her faith throughout all of it, and. So I, I selected her, and the other brothers chose John Paul II, Padre Pio, and different saints. Uh, so I didn't select St. Teresa of Lisieux, and it turns out she wasn't part of the what? the top 20 or whatever, 25 saints. But in that moment, I prayed to her anyways and asked her to <laughs> watch over me. Because in that moment, we unite ourselves with the communion of saints and the whole church, asking us to help us be faithful to what we've just, um, or what we're about to express. Right. Which is our giving our lives to live in poverty, just obedience, in following Christ in a um, radical way. That's why we take those vows in order to become like Christ for the world, to be lights for this world, yes. to remind everyone that our objective in this life is to make it to heaven. Yeah. And that's why we don't uh, have possessions of our own, so that we are constantly reminded that we're pilgrims preparing ourselves for the goods of heaven. For the goods of heaven. And then chastity as well, to give our hearts completely to God and to the church. Yeah. And obedience, which is what crowned Christ's uh, sacrifice. sacrifice on the cross and made it glorious. So his death on the cross was glorious because he was faithful to the will of the Father. So yeah. we try to live all of that. And as you can see, it's not easy. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But thankfully, God God can still do things through us. Yes. Um, and that shows how powerful he is because he He freely um, beautifies our, our little acts of freedom that we give to him. Exactly. And, it's, and it's beautiful to see that. So that was a big, big event. That was that was the that was the meat and potatoes of this podcast. But I also wanted five hours. I, I want Brother Andrew because actually I've really we haven't talked much about it since it happened. Brother Andrew's been working, studying so hard to finish his license or ma- almost a basic master's. Master's in philosophy. In philosophy. Yep. 
and he did it. I did it. So how was how did the uh, exam go? Like, it was, was great. Okay, so the last this was a very stressful semester because I had to. Well, we had all the the coronavirus situation going on, but on top of that, I had in my own personal life. We had um, I had to finish my dissertation paper. So it was it was really how many pages? it was it was like 70, 70, 75 pages. Um, so it took a long time to work on that. How many Latin citations? Latin citations. Actually, I cited everything in English because my thesis director said to just do everything in English. Okay. Otherwise, you would have done. I would have, but quite a few. But it's better. Because don't be too humble. It's better. It's better to do it in English because because you don't know who's going to read it and. Probably not very many people, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I worked a lot on my on that paper. It took a long time, and then right when I finished that assignment, I had to start preparing for my final exam. So I, I turned in turned in my thesis on May thirteenth, Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, and then I started working on my oral exam, which I took last Friday, the day before Brother Luke uh, professed his final vows. So I took my hour and a ho- hour and a half long oral exam. So if you can imagine. Um, Man, that o- is opening up intense. Zoom and uh, being like ex- Skype exactly. Yeah, I think everyone knows what Zoom is. Yeah, and so I had to had to log into to Zoom and I was sub- I had to be subjected to philosophical torture for an Torturous hour. Torturous interrogation. Yeah, that's right. By philosophical, academical, yeah. intellectual giants. Giants. So there were the exam was there were. 16 different themes, big, big themes that we had to prepare in philosophy. And these themes are like subjects, like, um, for instance, the themes that I had were two themes from ethics, and then one theme from epistemology, which is the study of knowledge, and then another theme from metaphysics, which is the study of being. So each of these themes are, are basically uh, whole courses or multiple courses kind of combined into one theme. And there were 16 of them that I had to study because I didn't know which ones I was going to get. They could ask you any of those 16? Right. And then they, okay. they could ask me any question. They had a, a historical part for each theme and then a systematic part where they could ask me specific questions. And so it was a, it was a lot to study. I, there were some days where I was studying six, seven, eight hours uh, a day. Yeah. The, the day before I did my exam, I studied nine hours. Uh, it was a long time. Anyways... So I got to my exam, and I had um, my two ethics professors, Father Dominic and Father Eamon. Both of them are from, from Ireland, and it went really well. It went really well. What <laughs> was the, I guess, did you have one moment that stands out as you as yes. the most nerve-wracking? Nerve-wracking? Um, yeah, so so I started off my exam with Father Dominic. He was probably the most intimidating of the four professors that I had. And it was funny because I told him, so I first thing, um, hello, Father Dominic. So, the day of the day of reckoning has arrived, and he said, "Yes, that is correct. The day of judge, the day of judgment." He has a deep voice. Very, very deep voice. And um, so I said, "Are you ready to torture me?" And he said, oh, "Of course not. I am a teacher. A teacher is supposed to teach, not torture his students." And then I said, "Well, if I were if I were a professor, I would I would enjoy you know torturing my students every now and then you know if I could." And then he said. That is not the definition of a professor. Uh, what you have described is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, "That's kinda, a good way to start the exam." Yeah. So he, so it was good. It was help relax. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was fun, and and it went really well. Um, there was only one que- of all of the parts of the exam. Hour and a half long. Hour and a half. There was oh, there was only one part with him, Father Dominic, that was a little iffy, but I think I did well. He asked me 
if you need God to uh, provide a foundation for morality, like for for good and evil, basically. Uh, or or you can can you make a system that doesn't right in, uh, imply God, but which still has force. Exactly, has, exactly. Okay. And so, but he said like a rational, like a like a solid foundation. And I and I argued, no, you have to have God. You have to have some ultimate goodness that provides a foundation for things that are good and bad, basically. Yeah, um, Otherwise, it would always be arbitrary, sort of. Because you need to have, because like what we feel is good and bad, good and evil in this world, is sort of like an interior law that we kind of feel, that we kind of perceive. And that has a source. And that has, to, uh, every law has a lawgiver. And so I was trying to explain that, and, and then he, I think he was trying to be the devil's advocate and say like, well, no, you don't need to, because, you know, human, na- there's a there's a common common principles of what it means to be a human being, human nature, and so people can agree. And But I, uh, but I was firm. I said, no, you have to, ult- yes, but you ultimately have to have it rooted in God. So, and then the exam kind of ended. So I don't know, I don't know if he was just testing me to see how I reasoned. I think so. So, um, so we'll see. But it went really well. I was very happy. The other parts of the exam were, were just, it was just a breeze. Um, I, do, I have a question for you. Okay. Oh, man. What the exam is continuing? So remember, we're go back to our main theme. We kind of said at the beginning of this episode would be religious life. That's right. Kind of, religious I mean, life. most of our episodes yeah. talk about religious life. Yeah, exactly. Because it's life through our the, eyes. Life in the seminary. But I have a question. So, what motivated you to to study two more years of philosophy? Because you already have your bachelor's, right? Um, like, yeah. What what made you decide to take that step? Because it's something I skipped. <laughs> right. And I'm very happy that I didn't. But um, it's a lot of work for you. It's sort of extra in a sense. And I don't know if it's yeah. because you're thinking about being a teacher. Like you mentioned that before. Yeah. Or you felt like God was asking you to do that. And then yeah. how does that... I felt... Yeah. Those are that? great questions. So um, when I studied my bachelor's in philosophy, three years of bachelor's, I saw all of these doors open up in front of me. I was like going down this hallway basically and... There's tons of doors that you go through when you study philosophy. It's not just it's not just one subject. It's it's a it's a library of subjects. So it's not it's not one textbook. It's a, it's a whole library. And as I was getting a taste of all the different, you know, going inside each door every now and then, entering, and I would just enter in a little bit, and then I would come back out, and then go in a different one. And so I wanted to spend more time and go deeper into into one area of philosophy, which was ethics, which was ethics, the study of study of action, study of of human happiness, basically. And so I wanted to spend more time. I wanted to go deeper. That was one reason. A second reason was because I think most of the problems that are challenging for today in today's world, I think are problems ultimately rooted in philosophy. So, for instance, the whole transgender debate. These are problems that are anthrop- that are from anthropology, like who man is, what man is, what it means to be a human being. Um, it doesn't have to do really with you know, Jesus or Mary or the sacraments, the church. It's understanding who we are, who we're made, what we're made for. Our, yeah. And like a, just like the typical philosophical example, sorry to cut you off, but no, just no. like, a, okay, what, what is a pencil or what is a pen? Yeah. What's its purpose? Yeah, exactly. And you can say, oh, to, um, to write, shoot, like punch a bunch of holes in a wall. Okay. Uh-huh. No one is going to actually think that. Right. It has a purpose, which is to write, which is to communicate, which, you know. Yeah. Um, the same way man is made, just like everything's created with a purpose, with an end in mind. Yeah. Exactly. Teleology. Right. Those are things that can get forgotten because we think, oh, no, freedom, which means, so the ultimate thing is just, I can do at any moment whatever right. I like, I want. 
Yeah, and there were many philosophers in the, in the in recent time, in the 20th century, who thought that. In fact, there was one philosopher, his name was Jean-Paul Sartre, Sartre. Uh, he, was, he was from France, and he thought that man was condemned to be free. So he thought we were pure, wow. pure freedom, so we have to decide everything about our lives. And he thought, he thought that since we're totally free, that God can't exist. Because if God existed, that would be sort of like um, a principle going against our freedom, because God would be limiting us somehow. And so this is a this is a philosophical problem. There are there are there are difficulties with theology, but but at the root of it is is a is a false understanding of what freedom is. Um, freedom is not uh, being unlimited to the fullest extent. It's freedom is choosing um, excellence in who I am as a human person. That's what true freedom is. You're free to do that. You it's up to you to act according to that end, right. according to. Or your nature points you which th- that which is proper to you, right? Which is ultimately knowledge of God and friendship with God, and, and, a, and that's a, what leads you to happiness. That's what leads us to fulfillment and happiness. Exactly, and which leads philosophy to theology ultimately. So I, so I, when I was choosing to do a master's in philosophy, I knew that it would it would also help me study theology better, because in theology you handle a lot of uh, notions and ideas, principles from philosophy. But the, one of the main reasons was because I wanted to. I wanted to really be better formed um, in philosophy because I think a lot of problems today come from come from philosophy, and not so much from theology. So that was that was one of the main reasons. Um, but it was it was exciting. I, I I I'm really happy that I got to. It was a gift to be able to spend uh, two more years um, doing philosophy and getting a master's degree. I can now teach uh, philosophy in in Rome at a university here in Rome. Well, also sign up. Yeah, I know. TJFF Philosophy 101. That's right. That's right. So um so I can do that. I'm not sure if I want to be uh, uh I I would I love studying. I like I like to understand things. I like to communicate. I really like communicating. Um and I I I would I would like to be able to keep my mind active. Um I'm not sure if I wanted I would want to be a professor here in Rome. Um, because I, as a priest, I want to be able to be with, be with people. I want to, and here it's kind of hard to do that. Um, but it also depends on what, how God, how God arranges my life in the next three years, the different needs of the Legion, uh, three years from now, we'll see, we'll see where he leads me. Um, cause well, like brother Luke promised, um, part of religious life is, is obedience. So we'll see what, we'll see what the Legion asks of me, uh, three years from now. Yeah. Um, so to finish off this episode, Brother Andrew, what tips can you give our, our listeners during the summer in order to not just do, but do and quay? Oh, yeah, that's right. Not just do, but do and quay. Well, summertime is a time to relax, right? Um, for those of us who are, who are very blessed to, to be able to go on a break, a vacation, um, we all have to take time to, to sort of step back and, and unplug. I think a, a really good thing to do uh, this summer would be to, to sort of unplug from electronics, um, and to distract ourselves with good distractions. Um, because when we start plugging into things and our phones and, um, you know, watching stuff on TV, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we, we can sort of lose the, the big things of life, which is, which are, um, you know, friendship and, um, prayer, our relationship with, with God or our relationship with nature, even God that we can perceive in nature, um, or cooking a good meal, having a good conversation, 
Um, yeah, like break the routine in order to recharge your bodies, but all, like not just physically and yeah. mentally. Because we talk a lot about that, like yoga and all these things. Like, but spiritually too, that your your soul needs rest. We do we do a retreat every year. Um, last year we did it for thirty days. This yeah. year we're gonna do it again just for a week, or it's eight day long. Right. But it's total silence. And why we do it is because it's necessary not only for your phys- your body to rest, but it's also for your soul. Your soul to yeah, yeah sort of plug back in or go back to its its roots and what's most important the essence of our lives and our existence right exactly and i and while we're on this um while you're on vacation you know take take a moment to 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 remember that you have a vocation that god has called you into existence he thought of you from all eternity he thought of me he thought of brother luke from all eternity and he has a mission for us um whatever it is in your family and in, in your work and your in your church community now with this, the difficult situation with the virus, what God is calling us to do now to help other people um, in our own in our seminary life for me and Brother Luke, God, God has given us a vocation, and and we can't just go through you know the motions, the the shaky wakeys of life without reflecting on where we're going. Maybe we should call this episode "Shaky Wakeys." Shaky Wakeys. I have no idea what that means. Okay, so I <laughs> I just want also another uh, summer possibility for to help us pray for the young men that this summer are discerning yes. their vocation Good to point. the priesthood in the Legion of Christ. So yes. don't just pray for Legionaries of Christ, but no. there are concrete young men in Connecticut, in Mexico. Yeah. Where else? I think in Germany. Germany. Um, here in Italy. Here in Italy, there's a couple. That's yeah. right. Because his yeah. brother's going uh, up to Florence where we have our novitiate house. That's right. Or close to Florence. So also in this summer's heat, when you're ready to complain because it's, it's hot and you're getting sweaty, maybe think of one of those candidate brothers we call them the candidates right. and then and say offer it up for them i'm gonna try to do that please yes complain. please we need we and need vocations we need we need men to step up and to give everything like like brother luke and all the, and all the brothers who did last last saturday and we, it really is for any young man listening to this, to this episode it's a it's a very mysterious joy that you feel when you give your life yeah. to god that's that's what i've been just experiencing the last three days that you feel like renewed after you've said lord i'm gonna give you my whole life like we we did that nine years ago when yeah. we made our first vows, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there was something very definitive about it because it's yeah. now a very it's, it's official yeah. and it's forever. Yeah, yeah. And there's just a, a, yeah, it's a strange joy. It's not it's a different joy from binge watching Netflix. And it's a different joy <laughs> than going to parties and it, like yeah. all those things are fun. Yeah. But there's something about saying, it's not, "Lord, I want yeah. I want to offer who I am and everything I can do for for Your kingdom, so that yeah. people come to know that there's a God in heaven and here." living with us here on earth that loves us and has a plan for us. And yeah. Yeah. And that's, know, and that's, cool. and that's, that's because Jesus came to give us life more abundant, more abundant life, more abundantly. There's a, I love this quote from, from um, it's John chapter 16, verse, verse 20 to 22. I think it's Jesus is talking about uh, a woman who's pregnant. And he says, once the, once the woman gives birth, mm. she, she totally forgets about her pain about her about the travails of giving birth because her eyes are just are just gazing at at her child and her heart is filled with joy and then Jesus says so I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you and this who will, can say that besides god exactly and 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 when you give everything to god with final vows uh, or in a vocation, or in, in your marriage, when you give everything to God in your vocation, then God is going to fill you with joy, 
and we 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 can't doubt that. We can't doubt that he's he is always faithful. He's always faithful. We always have to keep our eyes on him, not not on ourselves. So we're gonna finish this episode without the catchphrase this time. But Andrew, why don't we give them a little harmonized version of? Oh God, beyond all praising, we worship you today and sing your love amazing that songs cannot repay. For we can only wonder at every gift you send, at blessings without number, and mercies without end. We lift our hearts before you and wait upon your word. We honor and adore you, our great and mighty 